This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Well, the question is, is South Carolina setting itself up for an embarrassing night at Williams-Brice tomorrow night under the lights against fifth-ranked Tennessee? Are they being set up, or are they setting themselves up, being set up, for a great upset of the fifth-ranked team in the country? A program-turning-type victory for the Gamecocks tomorrow night. You know, they've got the ESPN junior team in for their pregame show this afternoon, tomorrow morning. And then ESPN's number one broadcast crew will be in there tomorrow night. Why would ESPN look at this ball game on paper, put it in the seven o'clock time slot and bring in Herb Street, Fowler and the Holly Row on the sideline? I mean, they're not doing it for the Gamecocks, right? They're doing it because they think Tennessee is going to gobble them up. Then they can talk about, well, Tennessee should be in the playoffs. Tennessee shouldn't be in the playoffs. Here's why. Quality road win. Hostile crowd. See how hostile the Gamecock fans are. Now, can the Gamecocks muster an effort to make me shut my mouth? That's the question. Can they elevate their play and play a great football game tomorrow night? They are big underdogs, and I am not taking them. I'm taking Tennessee, and I'm laying the 21-22. I have to look at our sheet here in a minute. I just can't trust the Gamecocks anymore. 22. See, I go week by week. What did you do for me last week? Well, you screwed me last week. And a whole bunch of other people by going to Florida and not showing up. Are the Gamecocks going to show up tomorrow night, Pat? Seriously, it's senior night. It's a sold out in terms of tickets. It's sold out. And I bet you there's going to be a ton of Tennessee fans there, though. I bet you they're buying up every secondary ticket they can get their hands on. And can the Gamecocks play well enough to hang with this team? This is a team that put 66 points on a defense, Missouri, that held the Gamecocks to 203 yards. A healthy Gamecock team, by the way, to start that game because you had Marshawn Lloyd and you had Christian Beal Smith, healthy. And you had Jaheim Bell, but you forgot about him. And they had 10 points, 203 yards. Meantime, Tennessee put 66 on them and 700 and something yards. What leads anybody to believe the Gamecocks can manage to hang with Tennessee tomorrow night? You? Anybody? You? Well, I tell you, they need a good start. They need a start similar to they had against Texas A&M or they're in a world of trouble. Remember last year, this volunteer squad put up 28. It was 28 nothing after the first quarter last year. Mm-hmm. That was obviously in Knoxville, a little different. They'll be in front of hopefully a good home atmosphere tomorrow night. It is a night game. It is uh, senior day, but 
I am very curious. I know it's a sellout on paper, but how many of those people will actually go to the game? I, I am a bit curious. I have a few neighbors that live around me that, um, or pardon me, two different neighbors who live out of, one out of state, one out of city, but they still come to this house. They basically just use them for weekends and such. Mm-hmm. They're both here for the game. I took that as encouraging. They drove one from Charlotte, one from Charleston to be here for that game tomorrow night. So I'm hoping that if they were, if Carolina fans were willing to drive, that it, all the people here in Columbia will go as well. But it has to be a fast start. I think if Tennessee comes out and puts up a couple quick scores, the floodgates are going to open. This will get very ugly very quickly. We will know within the first seven minutes of the ball game how the rest of this game is going to go. Yeah, I feel very, very confident with that. Now, I'm also curious, Jalen Hyde, I'm not sure if you saw the interview yesterday with Rich Eisen where he directly asked if this game meant any more with him. And at first he gave a very political answer, but then he did say that this has a lot of meaning for him. And then he was asked if his teammates at Tennessee are aware of this, and he emphatically said yes. Every single one of them is aware. Now, will Jalen Hyatt be able to come out and do whatever he wants and put up a massive receiving game against South Carolina? Or will Beamer and then Clayton White on the defensive side help use that as bulletin board material to pump up the defense and have them try to shut him down? I'm curious to see because that's going to go one way or the other. I don't think there's any in between. Well, how about do this? Besides getting in all the emotional mojo bojo, sure. listen to what the pastor of Payne said last night. Why don't you take Cam Smith and say, Cam, see number 11 over there? Follow him everywhere. You're in his jersey. I want you to meet him when he gets off the bus. One of those old basketball tricks. When he gets off the bus, he's your best corner, right? He's an NFL corner, they say, right? He's a first-round corner, right? Well, just put him on him and let the best man win and get physical. What did the, what did the professor? Uh, what did the uh, the pastor say last night? Get physical. Put some hands on him. By the way, I'm hoping that the NCAA officials were watching the NFL officials last night in the Packers-Titans game because they decided that hand-checking and holding and grabbing by the defense on Packer receivers in particular is now allowable yep. in the NFL. Saw that. So let's do it. If we're going to do it, let's do it in college too. Let them grab, let them hold, let them pull, like they did to the Packers receivers last night. Now the Packers defensive backs weren't close enough to the Titans receivers to return the favor in kind last night. So, But the Titans secondary, they were all over. Packers receivers holding, grabbing, pushing no flags but that's okay if that's how you're going to play you have to adjust why not do that then and i understand obviously that's a popular topic to bring up look there has not been a good relationship between usc football and dutch fork for ever i mean can you think of a big time dutch fork player that went to south carolina they had the one commitment from the defensive back a few years ago who ended up going to Tennessee and now he's in the NFL or was in the NFL and he committed to South Carolina at the Shrine Bowl that year and then you know a few weeks later this was under Muschamp a few weeks later he reversed it and goes to Tennessee now Tennessee has been a thorn in the recruiting side of South Carolina and Clemson for years of course when they're good they come in here and they pluck players and so Hyatt was not heavily recruited by South Carolina or Clemson and they do their due diligence, and they do their evaluations. Obviously, they were wrong, and Tennessee was right. He's turned out to be a a great player who has really blossomed this year. 
And you've got another one coming in next, or not coming in, but the Gamecocks will face next week up in Clemson, Antonio Williams. And now we all remember, we don't still know the full details, but whatever drama happened at that football camp last summer between uh, Antonio Williams, coaches, whatever, that was just another chapter in this book of, like you said, just kind of a disconnect between the Gamecock program and a local high school that is just putting out terrific talent after terrific talent. Now I want to back up to one second. Love what you said there about Cam Smith. And I want to borrow a, a phrase that maybe we haven't heard in a few years, but from old Coastal Carolina coach David Bennett. Clayton White and Beamer need from that defense and from Cam Smith, they need him to bring out the dog. They need some dog in him, and they need him to come out and really try to match up and get in the face of Hyatt and really try to shut him down if possible. Love that approach. Yeah. I mean, they got to be physical. They got to, and you know what else you got to do? You got to hit the quarterback. You can't let Hooker stand back there, A, and be comfortable, and then B, you this is a lot to ask of course you you got to be careful about how you you rush him because if you leave a gap he's going to take off and run you know he's a very effective runner so that's why they average that's why they lead the nation in scoring and yards per game you realize that right 47 points per game over 500 yards they're number 1 in the nation i mean south carolina's got to score to have a chance in this ball game, they're going to have to probably score minimum 35 points. And I just don't know if they can do it. Uh, they've, they've, when's they, when do they score 35 points against a quality team? You know, I guess it's happened. I can go back and look. But really, usually if they beat a team, it's 21-17, 21-14, 27, 20, something like that. <clears throat> so they got their hands full tomorrow night in my point in bringing it all up, I mean, they're going to have recruits in, and they're going to try uh, and you know show these recruits a great time. But winning really helps you show a recruit a great time, and I mean, they're set up for either a dismal night with fans leaving in the second half and that being seen on television again, or a great celebration if they play well. Now to Clemson and Miami. Question is, who's going to be the quarterback for Miami? Tomorrow afternoon. We really don't know yet, do we? Have we seen a starter? The guy that started last week uh, is a freshman getting his real first taste of running Miami football team. Now, Van Dyke, I think, is is getting healthier. You might very well see him at quarterback, and that might give Miami a little bit of a spark. Clemson did not overwhelm me with how they beat Louisville. Pat, you were there. They won the ball game. They knocked out the quarterback on last play of the first half, and that certainly helped because the backup they pretty much kept him in check because they didn't have to worry about the run from him. I think we'll see a lot more runs from Uyangale and probably going to see the bubble screens a lot again. That's a favorite part of their offense. Will they take some shots down the field against this Miami defense? I think they have to. And I know I've, I probably sound like a broken record at this point. I've said this all week, but I stand by that opening drive completion on third and long when DJ connected with Ngata for 24 yards down the left-hand sideline, that made that game for the Tigers. DJ, his confidence immediately was higher, and then to have him score on an 11-yard run to end, to cap off that drive, he told us after the game that he likes getting hit early in ball games. It gets the juices flowing. It gets, gets you going, you know, get that mojo. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll see a similar approach here. I don't have the article in front of me, but I also saw today TigerNet had some quotes from DJ where he mentioned that he, he, he feels as though he thrives under the uh, tempo offense, and we've seen that throughout the year. 
uh, go back to Boston College and a couple other games this year, I believe Florida State as well, where they were able to kind of sandwich scores right at the end of the first half, and then they had possession to kick off to start the second half. And so they had either 10 or 14 points right there around the, uh, around the halftime, and they would run tempo on each of those drives. Go to Notre Dame. I realize it was against maybe some backups, but when Clemson finally got on the board late in the game with touchdowns, those, those came running tempo. This offense seems to move better, and DJ seems to perform better and take more downfield shots when they run tempo. So I, I would expect to see a lot more of that tomorrow. All right. Well, good news for the Gamecocks to open up the weekend. The women's soccer team has just defeated my alma mater, Harvard, 3-2. to two in Durham to advance to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA Women's Soccer Tournament. So they are now 15-3-5, having a very good year, and they'll face the winner of the Duke-Texas game on Sunday in Durham at 6 o'clock. So either Duke or Texas for the Gamecock women's soccer team as they advance to the Sweet 16, 3-2 over Harvard, Proud of my alma mater. You know, you lose by one in soccer. That's that's really tough, right? That's really it's really tough. It's like losing a one nothing baseball game, right? That's right, yeah. It's really tough. So hung in there. Way to go, Crimson. Hang in there. We'll get them next year. And um, in just a moment, we'll catch up with David Shelton, preview high school football playoffs tonight. I wanted to mention that we have a limited number of college games besides South Carolina Clemson this weekend. Of course, Coastal Carolina not playing at Virginia. We do have Furman-Wofford, the oldest rivalry in the South. Furman-Wofford hooking up at uh, Furman. Big game for Furman because um, they're looking at the FCS playoffs. You've got Presbyterian going to Stetson. South Carolina State wrapping it up at home against Norfolk State. The Citadel at uh, VMI, the military classic of the South. Playing for the, what's that called, the the. The Shaco, the gold, the, the silver Shaco, I think it is, silver, silver Shaco. And in the playoffs, the Division II playoffs, Limestone playing at to West Florida uh, tomorrow. So congratulations to the Saints. What a fantastic year they have had to make the Division II playoffs for the very first time. Okay, David Shelton is coming up after the break. We'll get a preview of tonight's high school football playoffs. We are down now to the real serious business right we're down to the real serious business it's the third round every high school team wants to be practicing next week their goal in july in the heat of july is to be practicing in the cold of thanksgiving week that's what's ahead of these teams playing tonight we'll talk with it with david talk about it with david after the break I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury like from a wreck or mishap or on the job. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. 
Show your team pride wherever you go with Founders Federal Credit Union's Collegiate Debit Cards. Get your University of South Carolina and Clemson University debit cards at any Founders office or by calling 1-800-845-1614. Plus, our debit cards are digital wallet ready, so you can pay however you please. Not a member? Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. In Columbia, South Carolina, the game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. got some folks waiting to get to us we're gonna try and get your calls in just a little bit be patient be worth it if you're patient triple eight eight nine eight two five two five is our number south carolina education lottery lucky number and since 2002 more than 174 million dollars in lottery proceeds have been used to purchase maintain and fuel over 2,000 school buses in south carolina learn more by the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. Playing for fun is a win for education. We come to you from the Dave and Buster's studios here in Columbia. I went to Dave and Buster's last night in Myrtle Beach. My God, what an awesome place. What an awesome place that is. Eat, drink, play, catch the big games all season long at Dave and Buster's in Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach. And let me mention this. David coming up in a sec. College of Charleston is leading Colorado State 54 to 41 with 1350 to play in Charleston. South Carolina is coming up following that game. Furman lost to Old Dominion in Charleston today, 82 77. And earlier, Virginia Tech beat Penn State 61 59. Over in Myrtle Beach, Colorado thumped Texas AM 103 to 75. USC will play Davidson at 7.30. Clemson plays Bellarmine tonight at 7 o'clock over at Little John Coliseum. Now, David Shelton join us for a look at tonight's high school playoff action. High School Sports Report, Post and Courier, Best in Business. David, welcome. And now we really are getting down to it. Probably not a bad matchup anywhere in the state tonight, would you say? Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, everybody left is is pretty much for the most part the teams that people thought might be playing tonight. So it, it's kind of a lot of really good matchups in every classification. How can Spartanburg beat Dutch Fork tonight? 
uh, they score more points, they're going to win. Ah, I mean, it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's why you. That's, that's why, why they, we that's call why you the, call best, in the, the best. best in the business. <laughs> that's it. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've been doing this 35 years, and I've never seen a game where a team that had the most points on their side of the scoreboard didn't win. So, yeah. uh, I guess uh, until the NCAA, happen, but, until the NCAA gets involved and uh, takes your win away from yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, Spartanburg's got a shot. I mean, they played them tough the first time, and Dutch Fork won at the very end. Um, I think both teams are better now than they were uh, back in September. So I look for you know a, a competitive game. Uh, Spartanburg's just gotta. I mean, they gotta come up with something defensively to keep to keep Dutch Fork from just running away with it because they run away with everybody early, and then they kind of cruise. So, you know, the the closer the game is in the fourth quarter and in in late in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, the better chance they have to win. But it is a tall task, but not impossible. Not impossible. It's pretty amazing how the Appler kid has come along as a quality quarterback for Dutch Fork, considering uh, he played none at all last year. They really didn't know what they had with him, I guess, and he's developed into a good quarterback. Yeah, well, he spent a lot of time on the sidelines this year because he was hurt. But since he's come back, um, he's given them an added uh, threat in the backfield as a runner. He's a pretty good thrower. Uh, you know, he's good. he's a good player, but uh, it, it, it would have been interesting to see had Dutch Fork stayed healthy the whole year, what they could have done offensively, because uh, Jarvis Green missed some time, and, and they didn't have a quarterback for about three weeks. Uh, they were running um, Jarvis Green out of the Wildcat and Brandon Danley out of the Wildcat. So they have manufactured offense, and now they're all healthy, and that's that's why they're playing exceptionally well. All right, and we've got Gaffney, Burns, Sumter, Somerville, and Fort Dorchester. Carolina Forest to round out the 5A. Let's go to 4A. Greenville, Catawba Ridge, Westside, Northwestern, AC Flora, West Florence, James Island, South Florence. Where do you see the most competitive game there? I think that West Florence Flora game is going to be really good. Uh, I think that Catawba Ridge Greenville game will be will be very. Uh, I think there'll be high scoring and, and some points there. All these matchups are really good. I mean. Westside's kind of the Westside and James Allen are kind of the quote unquote underdogs, but certainly capable of going there, uh, going to Northwestern and going to South Lawrence and winning. But uh, you know you'd have to think that that Northwestern and South Lawrence are, are the favorite teams. But the West Lawrence Florida game is going to be interesting to see how that works out. Three A, you got Powdersville hosting Daniel. You got Clinton Chapman, uh, Camden home to Dillon, Buford, and Gilbert. So. Being at home, I mean, does Powdersville have enough for Daniel? Um, that long winning streak for Daniel. You know they, uh, you know they 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 got a shot. Uh, they're not favored. Daniel is the favored team, and for rightly so. But again, much like uh, you have to do with Dutch Fort with Daniel, you gotta you gotta you gotta be in the game after halftime because they get they get so far out in front of people and they just coast. You got to really put the pressure on them in the fourth quarter and make them execute. Now, Powdersville has some some potential to be that type of team, but it'll be it'll be the best team that they played. So, uh, and and honestly, Powdersville will be the best team Daniels played. Two way, we got Abbeville, Fairfield Central, Strom Thurmond, Saluda, love that matchup. Andrew Jackson, Barnwell, Oceanside, and Woodland. That's a great matchup too. They're all great matchups. We talk about the depth of two way football in the state and these are the best teams here standing at the end wouldn't you say 
Yeah, I think so. And I'm I'm over here tonight at Oceanside Woodland, and oh, and uh, you know I I look I look like it looks like it's going to be a really competitive game, a lot of scoring. Uh, the Barmel Andrew Jackson game, both teams can really run the football, um, and so that's going to be a matchup there of two teams that can just pound you, uh, which which may not be exciting, but there'll be some point score because I think both defenses are going to have a little trouble. Uh, and that Abby and you know Sean Thurman's kind of the the team in the upstate that that people are kind of surprised by. So we'll see if they can advance. And uh, and I think Abbeville, you know, I think they'll be favored against Fairfield, though. All right. And 1-8, we got Louisville Christ Church and St. Joseph's Wagner Sally, Lamar Johnsonville, Cross, and Estill. David, we will be back with you tonight at 10.05 or when you're off the field after your work. You'll join us. We'll have all the scores. I'm sure we'll have uh, plenty of reports around the state. Try and grab some happy coaches as well. And like we always say, you want to be practicing on Turkey Day. The winners tonight will be doing just that. That's exactly right. You have a great one. Stay warm. We'll talk to you a little after 10. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. David Shelton, high school sports report, post and courier, best in business. Most importantly, most impressive thing he does is being a part of sports talk and the high school scoreboard at 10.05 tonight. We'll be back. in just a moment we'll have for you the football filibuster here on sports talk for another friday night heading down the stretch of the college football season governor hodges attorney general alan wilson they'll be joining us here momentarily and we'll get their uh, thoughts on this weekend's games i know both have been busy the governor has been traveling and of course the attorney general's always busy doing things in the legal world here in South Carolina. And we know there's a lot of things going on in the legal world in South Carolina these days. Uh, plus, he just had to finish up a re-election. And I'm sure, I'm sure that uh, one of the things that has held up Attorney General Wilson, he wasn't able to be with us last week. I've done my own investigation, and I realized that he wasn't with us last week because he was doing his own recount of his uh, re-election voting last week. And General Wilson, it's good to have you with us. I'm sure I understand your recount was like a million for you and one against you. Of course, I was the one that was against you because I told you I wrote my name in against you. So it was a million to one. Congratulations on your recount. Well, well, well I'm still counting. I'm, I'm actually in Arizona right now. So, um... <laughs> helping those Helping those folks out, huh? That, no, I'm trying to help me out. The governor's taking me to uh, to task here. I'm he's, he's like behind the woodshed. Yeah. Well, you were three and two last week, Governor Hodges. Welcome in, sir. Good week for you. Uh, four and one. I think the Gamecocks uh, tripped you up last week, if I remember correctly. 
They did, and I really wanted to pick against them, but I just couldn't do it as a loyal Carolina alum. But God, that was an awful game. Yep, a terrible game last week. Well, let's just we're going to test that loyalty this time as well to see what you what yeah. you're going to do. We're going to really <laughs> test it. So you were four and one. You were starting to uh, flex your muscles here a little bit. You're thirty two and twenty three. You've opened up a six game lead. Uh, AG, you are 26 and 29. Appreciate you both being with us. I know, um, General, you just got out of a meeting, and Governor, you were flying today, so we're glad to have you both with, with us. Let's get to the game so you guys can get on with your weekend. We'll begin with NC State at Louisville. In, NC State, Louisville, both teams have had issues at quarterback. Of course, NC State starters been out. Louisville's got hurt against Clemson last week. And the cards are still favored by four and a half at home. General Wilson will let you lead us off tonight. Go right ahead, sir. Who do you like? I'm going with the hometown. Give me Louisville. Give you Louisville. You sound like Teddy Hefner. Teddy either takes all the home teams or all the visitors. So this week he's taking all the visitors. But you want the hometown team. Governor, what do you think? Uh, Me too. Uh, You know, since their quarterback got knocked out, NC State's Hadn't been able to score a lick, so uh, I think I'm going to take Louisville. Yeah, they do have a freshman quarterback that uh, is, you know, trying to hold down the fort, but um, he's been good at times, but not great, not like the guy before him. So you want Louisville as well? You got him? Absolutely. All right, let's go to Ole Miss at Arkansas. Both of these teams, especially Arkansas, man, things were looking great for them early in the year. Things have kind of fallen off. They've had quarterback issues, and Ole Miss with that loss to Alabama at home last week took some of the steam out of their sails, So, uh, or some of the wind out of their sails, I guess I should say. And Arkansas at home is getting two and a half points. Governor, your thoughts? Oh, the wheels have really come off for Arkansas. I'm tempted to take them, but I, I just think that Mississippi will have a bounce-back game after last week, so uh, I'll take Ole Miss. There is such a thing as the Alabama hangover. I believe in the Alabama hangover. Uh, you play Alabama, you put so much into it, you ain't got it the next week. General, what do you think? Well, this was this was a coin toss for me, but I actually agree with the governor on this, so give me Ole Miss. Nobody believes in the Alabama hangover, except for me. Maybe it's another hangover you guys <laughs> believe in. Let's go to <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Is it absolutely gives you a hangover? Absolute. Well, well. Look, I just got back from New Orleans, so I'm not going to say <laughs> he, he's he, he's drunk right now, Phil. So. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm glad you're not driving. Georgia at Kentucky, and Kentucky at home is getting twenty two and a half. General, what do you think? Georgia. Georgia. They're a machine, Governor. What do you think? At Georgia for me too. You got they got to prove they can't beat the hell out of somebody. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and the only time that's happened was Missouri. I, I'm taking. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia. How did Missouri play them? Well, of course, I think there were some turnovers, maybe involved in that that Missouri deal. Georgia still found a way to win. All right. So far, you agree on all three. Let's go to Miami at Clemson. And Miami is getting 19 against the Tigers in Death Valley. Another case where you don't really know who is uh, going to be a quarterback from Miami. Governor, what do you think? Hey, so this is one where I'm going to go out on a limb and, and, and take Miami. I think Clemson's going to win, but I do think after that really fine game last week for Clemson that, that, uh, that they won't 
they won't be be quite the power that they were against Louisville. So I, I think uh, Miami will keep it, you know, 14 points or so. so okay. I'll take the points in Miami. All right, you got them. Uh, General, you think what? I'm going with Clemson. I think they got something to prove after that loss a couple of weeks ago, and they're looking for style points, mm-hmm. and they're at home. So I'm, I'm going with Clemson. Okay. Which brings us to a Tennessee at South Carolina, 7 o'clock, ESPN. Gamecocks are 22-point underdogs to the Vols. Vols have won three in a row in the series, though they have split the two teams their last six meetings. But Tennessee whooped them pretty good in Knoxville last year. General? 22 points, enough for you to take your Gamecocks? Well, two things can be true at once. You can be loyal to your team, Mm -hmm. but you can also call a spade a spade. And so I love the Gamecocks, but I just feel like the wheels have come off this season. Um, they got a bright future, but that future doesn't begin tomorrow. I'm going with Tennessee. You don't have to apologize for picking against the Gamecocks. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I really do. You remember? I mean, I'm still elected. Yeah, okay. I'm kidding. I, I, I do. I do love them. I hate to pick against them because when I'm watching the games, you obviously want to win the the football filibuster. But yeah, I just haven't seen anything right now that shows me that they're going to be able to go toe to toe with Tennessee. All right, Governor. This opens the door for you to be a true Gamecock. I'm going to be a true Gamecock. I, I got to tell you, the, the Gamecocks are bipolar. One week they're up, the next week they're down. This is true. <laughs> last week they were down, so this week they were, they embarrassed themselves so much last week. I mean, I, you know, the players, the coaches, that I think they're going to come out this week and actually, I don't think they're going to win, but I mm-hmm. think they're going to be respectable. And you know, just too much talk around about which is true about them either winning big or losing big, and, and this is the time that I think they're going to surprise people a little bit and play play closer than expected. So I'll take the Gamecocks. This would be a good time to do it with everybody watching and Tennessee trying to make the playoffs and um, Tennessee coming in with these orange helmets they're going to be, I think, debuting. I think these are new orange helmets they, they save for this night, et cetera, et cetera. So um, – There'll be a lot of Tennessee fans there, too, so we'll see if the Gamecocks can rise up. All right, time for amendments. So you disagree on the uh, two uh, in-state games. So you got Georgia, Ole Miss, Louisville to uh, to choose from here. Uh, General, we'll let you uh, offer up any amendments if you so choose. Well, well, first off, a few minutes ago, you, you made a statement that made it sound like I wasn't a true Gamecock fan by not picking the Gamecock. <laughs> no. So I feel a little defensive. I just want to throw that out there. Okay, you are a true, true Gamecock. Gamecock. I know you're a true Gamecock. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All so right. there's three teams we're different on right now? No, you differ on – Two. Yeah, you differ on the USC and Clemson games. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it. I, I hope the governor's right on Carolina. I really do. I, I want him to whip me next week. Carolina to win, but I'm, I'm going to go with the odds, so okay. I'm going to stay. Uh, Governor, Georgia, Ole Miss, Louisville, anything you want to change? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think that, that I think it'll be interesting to watch these two in-state games to see if they're, the games are closer than, than the point spread suggests. All right, very good. All right, we'll see what happens. Two, uh, two differing opinions on the USC-Tennessee-Miami-Clemson games. Gentlemen, Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Oh, have a great uh, Thanksgiving next week as well. Uh, we will be back with you next Friday after the Thanksgiving holiday and, of course, be talking about the rivalry games, including the uh, Palmetto Bowl. So look forward to having you guys with us. Thank you. Same here. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.
Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Okay, there you go. Governor Hodges, General Wilson, so they differ. Though Allen wanted to take the Gamecocks. He wanted to take the Gamecocks to prove he's a true Gamecocks. I mean, he is a true Gamecock. He wanted to take them. But he's trying to win a competition here. I mean, I agree with him. I'm, I, um, I don't think 22 points is enough based on what I saw last week. I don't think 22 points is enough. Professional help from Lee Sterling coming up. In the meantime, let's tell you what's going on with the experts here at Sports Talk. The Pick'em Challenge. And man, we had two go 5-0 and last week. Fran Halloran, the money coach, and our own Chris Bergen. You know, the old, uh, what they say, the blind squirrel finds a nut here and there every now and then. Chris Bergen went 5-0 and last week. Only improved him to 27-28. and And Fran improved to 29-26. and Our leader continues to be Smitty at 36-19 and after a 3-2 and week last week. So he is the leader at 36 and 19 next with 30 correct picks and 25 wrong picks the big kahuna bobby harden who by the way was under the weather this week so we hope he's feeling better and uh, he had a four and one week despite being ill had a four and one week he is 30 and 25 next would be at uh, 29 and 26, uh, oh, I said that, Fran. Fran is 29-26. Then we have the 27-28 group. That would be uh, me and uh, Chris. I went 3-2 and two last week. And uh, Jim Corbett, 2-3 and three last week. And the bad boy, Alan Smothers, who went 3-2 and two last week. 27 and 28. Okay, and then we've got, after that, the... Um, 25 and 30. That would be you, Pat, after a two and three week, you're 25 and 30. Then Dr. Rick, a two and three week, 24 and 31. And that takes us to our man in last place, Pete Yannitator, who did have a winning week last week at three and two, 23 and 32 overall for uh, Mr. Yannity. Let's be real, Phil. At this point, it's Smitty's world. We're just living in it. He is he is just so far out ahead of us. I genuinely hope that he has been putting real money on these games yeah. as, as well. He can pay for the young one's college education. Absolutely. And then conversely, on the other end of the spectrum, Rick, who normally is finishing top three each year, mm. I think he may be enjoying his retirement a, a, little, a little bit too much at this point. He's just not quite watching the same amount of football I, I usually expect much more from Rick. But you know what they say? It ain't over till the fat lady sings, okay? And I haven't seen any fat ladies wandering through here recently. So there's more pickums to be done. This week, I'm going with Tennessee, Clemson, Georgia, Ole Miss, Louisville. Uh, Chris is going with Tennessee, Clemson, Georgia, Ole Miss, NC State. I'm hoping, I'm hoping the – Louisville quarterback situation is better than states. I'm hoping that uh, Cunningham's able to play. I haven't heard. Have you heard? I'm hoping he's able to play. That's why I'm thinking the line is where it is because Cunningham is going to be able to play. At least Vegas thinks so. I've seen the most recent update I've seen is that he has a game-time decision. So it sounds like they're probably going to see how that shoulder and ankle are holding up. I'm sorry, and hand are holding up mm. in pregame warm-ups. But it sounds like at this point the shoulder – is the bigger deal because that is his throwing shoulder, whereas the hand is his non-throwing hand. I say let him play. Uh, Dr. Rick, 
Tennessee, Clemson, Georgia, Ole Miss, NC State. Smitty is taking Tennessee, Clemson, Kentucky, Arkansas, and NC State. Uh, Pat, you're going with the Vols, the Tigers, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Louisville. Anything you want to say about your picks? I apologize, Phil. About which game in particular? Well, I was just running through them all. Tennessee, Clemson, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Louisville. Well, the NC State-Louisville game, I initially was going to take NC State, but then I read about their their injuries. Of course, we already knew Devin Leary, their starter, was out. And then we found out freshman quarterback MJ Morris was banged up last week and their loss to Boston College, where they looked terrible against Boston College. He has a, a knee injury. But here's the kicker. Their head coach, Dave Doran, said that he will not provide an injury update hmm. on their quarterback, which if we're going by his track record, means that he is not going to play. So without that, that would mean Jack Chambers would get his third start of the season, but first since October, or Ben Finley may come out and play. And either way, I, I think a banged-up Cunningham is still better than any of those. Greg, did you see where a former state player was arrested for stalking him? For stalking the coach, saying he wanted to hurt him? Oh, my God. No, yeah. I did not. Yeah, there's a story out there about that. That's terrifying. Kev Cohen is taking Tennessee, Clemson, Georgia, Ole Miss, and State. Kahuna, Vols, Tigers. That's a lot of orange for Bobby to pick. That that goes against his grain, but he's going with the uh, Vols, Tigers, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and State. Fran's got Tennessee, Clemson, Georgia, Ole Miss, and State. Teddy Hafner said, give me all the visitors. He's just being lazy. Tennessee, Miami, Georgia, Ole Miss, and State. Allen is taking the bad boy is taking Tennessee, Clemson, Georgia, Ole Miss, and of course he's taking State. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, it wasn't Allen was the one who was arrested stalking the the head coach hmm. instead of uh, sorry about that. And Pete Yannitator likes a Tennessee, uh, Miami, Georgia, Ole Miss, and State. I do not yet have gentleman Jim Corbett's picks. The attorney for the Stars, he'll get those to us here momentarily. Phil, one more quick note, too, just about that Clemson-Miami game. We mentioned Tyler Van Dyke, still unsure whether he will play tomorrow, but it looks like he is doubtful, so doubt he will play. So it'll be freshman Ja'Curry Brown, who did look great against Georgia Tech. But I go back to something Wes Goodwin said after their win this past weekend against Louisville and repeated throughout the week this week. They are playing with far more aggressiveness and uh, – he is really having his defense pin their ears back and just play free, which they did not do throughout a lot of the season. They were very, they were more hesitant on defense. He was with his play calling, and I expect them to come out and be very aggressive and force multiple turnovers against the freshmen. Okay, we're going to hit the break, and then we're going to give you our professional help for this Friday night. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He did have a rare losing week. He has still won 11 of 14 weeks this season. He points out his college underdog, Play of the year is this week, and that's included in the $97 Baker's Dozen special this week. You can check it all out, ParamountSports.com, ParamountSports.com. He was one and two with us last week. We'll see what he's got for us this week after the break. You were always more than my mom. You were my role model, my best friend, and biggest supporter. You filled my days with unconditional love. And you also prepared for the day when you couldn't be here. Because of the woman you were back then, I'm able to be the woman I am now. Your planning made this moment possible. Set your family up for life 
Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance. Your friends for life. Life insurance isn't for you. It's for those you love the most. For a complete insurance review, call Buddy Bridges in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. Serving Lawrence, Clinton, and the shores of Lake Greenwood. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Not licensed to do business in all 50 states. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seacattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Think big. Life-changing. I'm talking education. Inventive. Next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? (laughs) Right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's, where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Sterling coming up in a moment. Let me update some basketball. College of Charleston on its way to a win, probably, maybe, two minutes to go over Colorado State, 66-59. Virginia Tech beat Penn State, 61-59. Colorado over Texas A&M, 103-75. That's a scoring record for the Myrtle Beach Invitational. And Colorado shot the lights out. I think they hit 16 threes in that ball game. Uh, Wake Forest beat LaSalle 75-63. Old Dominion over Furman 82-77. It is now time to get you some professional help. Told you all about Lee from last week. Told you about his Baker's Dozen. Let's welcome in Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Good evening, sir. Uh, Good evening, yeah. Looking forward to a big weekend. And uh, if Miami uh, upsets Clemson, uh, you guys probably won't hear from me for (laughs) For about a month. <laughs> I bet. I, I imagine that you'll celebrate that pretty hard. Uh, let's get yep. to it. Let's get to it. Let's yep. begin with, um, let's go with Georgia, favored by mm-hmm. 22 at Kentucky. So this line, probably a week or two weeks ago, is probably sitting at 15 or 16 points. It's influenced by Georgia dominating Tennessee and also routing Mississippi State and then Kentucky losing to Vanderbilt. I just think Kentucky got the six wins and relaxed. Mm. Um, they need a big game from Will Levis here. Uh, I hear he's about 85%, 90%, probably the best he's been in a couple weeks. And they are 16-6 and six 
against the spread at home. I think they keep it close. Georgia, 31-18. Hey, okay. Yep. Goes against my grain. Tennessee and the Gamecocks. We'll save Miami for last for you. Tennessee, yep. you got them laying 21 in Columbia. So I was impressed with Tennessee last week. I think they learned their lesson. They were trying to push the ball down the field, throwing long passes against Georgia. They got some really talented receivers. They need to get those guys ball in space. Uh, last week, South Carolina's defense gave up 374 rushing yards. This week, they might give up 474 Ooh. through the air to the balls. Spencer Rattler is going to have to have a great game. I don't see it. Tennessee, 48-20. Yep. Riding that puppy. Clemson, favored by 19 against your Canes. Miami, 52 nothing. <laughs> um, don't want to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, here, here, here's the problem with Miami right now. Uh, this kid, Ja'Cory Brown, could be talented and, and make some plays. They're really only running about 15, 20 plays. They're keeping it simple. Uh and they're going to have trouble, I think, uh, controlling uh, Clemson and their running attack. And, and if you can't stop the run, then they'll be able to do whatever they want here. Uh, Miami played better last week, but still not good enough. I like Clemson here. They win 38-10. Hmm. Who, who starts at quarterback for Miami? I think it's going to be Ja'Cory Brown. Is Van Dyke going to be available? I, they say game-time decision. I think he's too hurt to play. I, I'd be very shocked. I think, I think he took uh, – a shot before they played Florida State, and you saw by the end of the first quarter, um, he, he he he. You could tell he was he was in some some se- severe pain. Yeah, and so was the entire yeah. team by the end of that game, and <laughs> and the fan base. Your um your game right. of the week, your free play game of the week. LSU laying fourteen against UAB. Yep, they want to get it for free. Uh, is this a blowout or is it a trap? Call me eight hundred four hundred. Nine seven four one. This is a client play given away for free. LSU and UAB eight hundred four hundred nine seven four one. And my college football underdog play of the year is included in the Baker's dozen thirteen games. Just ninety seven dollars. Let's keep winning. ParamountSports.com. Have a great weekend, my friend, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a great Thanksgiving too. Talk to you next Friday. You too, Phil. Take, Take care. care. All right, Lee Sterling. ParamountSports.com. We've had some people. Waiting to get through to us. I think we'll get to you after the top of the hour break. Don't go away. Be back in a moment. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, we're back with you. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, Founders Federal Football Friday night, and we're back at 10.05 with the high school football school board. Hopefully you'll be back with us as well. Uh, Gentleman Jim Corbett, the attorney for the Stars. I think he's Pat's personal attorney. Uh he uh, has sent in his picks. Tennessee, Clemson, Georgia, Ole Miss, Louisville. He knows something we don't. Tennessee, Clemson, Georgia, Ole Miss, Louisville for Gentleman Jim Corbett. couple of quick notes, then we'll take some phone calls, and then we'll get to the uh, recruiting report. have a few notes here I want to pass along to you real quickly. Our poll question, you got 16 hours left, and this poll question received a lot of votes. Now, I had to do it twice, so... We're about 500 votes 
on the second version, the initial version ended up with, um, no, let's see here. I can get down to it. Where'd she go? Where'd she go? It had about uh, 500 votes as well. Um, I had to do it twice because I didn't put enough time on the first one. Anyway, it's about Spencer Rattler and expected to be a one and done, but the pros might not be interested after this season as a USC fan. Would you be excited about him returning in 23? And the redo of the question, 493 votes say yes. 55.6% say yes. 44.4% say no. USC women's soccer team beat Harvard to advance to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament, 3-2. to two. Former NC State football player Joseph Botepoli, Joseph Botepoli charged with communicating threats to his former coach and current NC State coach Dave Doran. The, uh, the player... Botepoli, who played defensive line in 18 and 19 before transferring to Maryland, um, arrest warrant issued against him on November 14th. This after Botepoli posted a tweet on Twitter on November 14th that stated, quote, I'm a get him, I promise, Dave Doran and the rest. He was charged with misdemeanor stalking and resisting a public officer. During his arrest, he pulled away to avoid being handcuffed by officers. It's not the first time he's posted threatening messages on social media, according to the warrant. Investigators said Botepoli went to Doran's place of work several times and also sent threats through text message and social media. Most recent tweet came just one day after the Virginia tragedy. And... um, so that kind of scared the police and alerted them to this situation. Sure. So, yeah, that's 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 kind of ugly to see that happen. Obviously, a, a breakdown in, in personalities between those two. Um, so, yeah, hate, hate to hear that. And Robin Bacon uh, has uh, retired, at least for now. Uh, Spring Valley football coach announced his retirement today. So uh, congratulations to him on a great career. Terrific wherever he's been. Might return to coaching one day. He'll be the head coach of the North in the Touchstone Energy Bowl, North-South game, coming up in a few weeks. Okay, now let's go to the phones. Folks have been hanging on there for an extremely long period of time. And so uh, we jump to Hank in Columbia. Hank, welcome in, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Since we report soccer scores and all that on there, we'll report that Carolina picked up another win in the Palmetto Bowl as the women smashed Clemson last night. Um, oh, did they? Did they win that game? Oh, I don't know. We don't, that might not be a sports in this town. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in the upstate. It is around here. Uh, they actually reported in the upstate. It's just, it's just in, the, in this area. We reported we it last sports. night. Uh, we stayed on top of it. We were giving updates. We got a story on our website. Hank, how about uh, the Tigers yeah. were held to single digits in three out of the four quarters of that ball game? They oh, yeah. don't and, care. And, there ain't a actually, single Clemson uh, person alive who I want one Clemson person to call me up and say they're upset about what happened last night at women's basketball. Well, one, get me one, Jim Davis, Coach about, Jim Davis. If you're listening, he's probably not even upset after that. Well, you can't you can't be upset with excellence, and so that's what they saw. So uh, looking at the arena last night, uh, 
they had a good crowd. I, it, it was probably Clemson's largest crowd, they said, mm. um, all year long. And they, they got to witness uh, a national championship. They got to, wis- they got to witness uh, a sports center top ten play when the Carolina girl dunked in mm. the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they saw at least uh, some of them appreciate it. So uh, just wanted to report that since we were reporting uh, soccer scores. All right. <laughs> Okay. Well, I reported the soccer score because that's in real time. That happened this afternoon. That happened just a little while ago. So I'm, we're trying to stay on the cutting edge. Hank, Hank's gone, but I will hmm. add one more note. I was going to ask him what he thought about those those jerseys the Gamecocks came in last night. I wasn't sure if they had worn those before. They were new to me. I don't believe I've ever seen them wear them. But it, uh, they brought out the pinstripes. The garnet yeah. with the white pinstripes yeah. reminded me more of a of baseball. But uh, I, I really liked them a lot. I was curious his thoughts. Yeah, I hadn't seen them before either, so you're, you're probably right. We go to um, Gamecock Larry. Gamecock Larry, welcome in. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're rested up. Got your Geritol and uh, getting plenty of rest. You can stay up and watch that game tomorrow night. Uh, Phil, on your pole, no go. Anywhere. Let's play Doty. Next year be a starting quarterback for maybe two years. Let's play Doty. Go Rattler. I have the sarcasm in your voice, Phil, when you talk about the game cop. I listened to all this doom and gloom all week from from, from some of the game cop fans. I've listened to this people that I call in and making fun of the Gamecocks, I read on Facebook where they're laughing at us. But let me tell you one thing. He who laughs, laughs, laughs the best. Mm. Bill, you said they had to score 35 points. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. We're going to sack that quarterback. We're going to intercept him. And we're going to get an interception TD. We're going to get a fumble TD, scoop and scoop and, what did they call it? Scoop and score? Scoop and, sco- scoop and, scoop and score. score. Yep. And, we, and we're going to get a touchdown on a block punt. Mm, gee. And, and then we're going to get whatever you call our punter. Have a fake punt and throw a touchdown to one of the one of our wide receivers, mm. and we're gonna get two field goals. That ain't thirty-five, but that's thirty-four. Gamecocks thirty-four, Tennessee thirty-one. Okay. That's about all. <laughs> what are you laughing about? I'm not laughing. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> I love your optimism, and I love how you put that together, and how you intertwine all all parts of the Gamecock football team to contribute to that. I didn't. I didn't say one thing about the offense. No offensive. No offense. If, um, excuse me. I'm to joke myself. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Oh, uh, I don't feel Anyway, you figure that there ain't no offense in there. Rattling. And Rattler and this other joker, Satterfield. Mm. No, well, Rattler is a joker. Rattler got Rattler got used. He got used this 
year mm. by some coordinator supposed to know what he's talking about, what he's trying to do. He don't he he couldn't lead a dog to what is called horse to water. Mm. Go old Gamecocks, Satterfield, pack your bags. We'll talk to you later. The boy, y'all. Go Gamecocks. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody put a little something extra in his geritol tonight. Thank you. That's Gamecock Larry. You know, all Gamecock fans should feel as good as Gamecock Larry does. All the time. What did he say he is? 88? Didn't he call in and say one time he's 88? He's a very spry 88. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah, to be able to put all that together. I hope I'm able to put sentences together like that in 88 for me. That'd be another, yeah, a little while. And something he said. I got a little while before I get to 88. Something we'll have to give. The Gamecocks are tied for the SEC lead with 11 interceptions. Hendon Hooker, on the other hand, quarterback for Tennessee, has only thrown two interceptions on Mm. the season. He's good. He is. They're very careful with the football. He's good. All right, thank you for the phone calls. Anybody else want to jump on board? 888-898-2525 is the phone number. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, it'll be time for George Bryan III. And uh, we will be talking, of course, about birdies and bogeys around the state of South Carolina. And uh, he'll be joined by Tsunami Robbie. We'll talk about the great folks over with the Tsunami Bar and physical fitness and getting that body toned up, trimmed up, and in shape and things like that. But after the break, we'll give you the recruiting report here on Sports Talk. That's coming up in a moment. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut of Sports Talk here with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. What words of wisdom do you have for those hitting the water this summer? Phil, collisions can be prevented easily if every vessel operator fulfills three major responsibilities. One, practice good seamanship. It's the responsibility of every boat or PwC operator to take all necessary action to avoid a collision. Two, keep a proper lookout. Failing to keep a sharp lookout is the most common cause of boating collisions. And finally, maintain a safe speed. Remember, boat safe, boat smart. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me. Alex Satterfield at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. 
When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions played it for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Before we get to recruiting, a basketball note seeing here from Michael Lanana of the state down in Charleston. No Michi Johnson tonight for South Carolina. He is in street clothes. So that's all we know at this point, but he will not be available for the Gamecocks tonight. And College of Charleston has defeated Colorado State. And so USC Davidson game obviously going to be running a little bit later, surpassing the scheduled 730 tip time. All right. Recruiting real fast, uh, Phil. Sorry to jump in. That's but, okay. But jump here, on in. Michi Johnson. Colin Taylor is saying he's wearing a boot as well on his foot. I don't know if it's his left or his right foot, but it appears to be some sort of foot injury. Thank you for that. Now to recruiting here on Sports Talk. It is brought to you by our good friends at Seawells. Hope you got by there this week for the daily luncheon buffet. Today was kind of a preview of Thanksgiving, right? Ran a little turkey out there at you and a bunch of other good stuff. Saving that roast beef for another special day. Next week, of course, they'll have a shortened week with the holiday. Do you see the schedule? Do you have the schedule in front of you for next week? If not, you can just imagine that likely closed, certainly on Thursday, maybe on Wednesday, maybe on Friday. I do not have it yet, but I'll make sure to have it for you Monday night. Okay. Whatever the case may be, when they're open, you want to get there for the daily luncheon buffet. That's 11 till 2. It's $13, and you will be very, very happy. Very, very it's my Danny Ford impersonation. Very, very happy that you went. And for the very best in the <laughs> for the very, very best in the catering business. That is Seawells as well. They'll come to you. You can come to them, and they'll take care of all your needs. 803-771-7385, SeawellsCateringSC.com. Clemson target wide receiver Tyler Brown of Greenville has set Thanksgiving for his commitment announcement. Clemson offered last weekend while Brown was in for an unofficial visit. He's a former Minnesota commitment. Some of his other major offers include Northwestern, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. This season, going into round three of the playoffs, he has 45 catches, 793 yards, 12 touchdowns. I think the handwriting is on the wall here that he will commit to Clemson. In fact, the Tigers look like they're lining up for a three-for-three run here because they've got two other commitments 
who are going to be announcing in the coming days, 2024 cornerback Tavoy Fagan of Tampa, 4 o'clock on Sunday. That'll be on 24-7 Sports. Defensive end to Marion Parker of Phoenix City, Alabama, announcing Monday morning at 9 o'clock Eastern at his school. He'll be at Clemson Saturday. Now, I want to say something here real quick. Paul Strelo, veteran writer for Tiger Illustrated, best in the business covering Clemson recruiting. There's no question about it. He knows everything about Clemson recruiting. I believe he's projected all three of these to Clemson in his writings. However, I want to make this point and something that kind of puzzled me a little bit. Sometimes when he's writing about Clemson targets who are not coming to Clemson, say at the very end, he senses that they're going somewhere else. His information that he gets indicates that NLI is the reason that Clemson is not getting that player. They're losing the player to another school for NLI, NI, all right, name image like NIL reasons, not national letter of intent, NIL reasons. Now, it's one of, in my mind, that's one of two reasons for writing that. A, either helping to kind of cover things for Clemson and the people that help him out. You help them out by making it look like they're not losing the guy on their own. They're losing the guy because they're being outbid. Or the other way to look at it is they are being outbid in the NIL game. And my question is, why is Clemson letting that happen? And is that going to eventually, eventually catch up with Clemson? They continue to try to recruit on the high road, so it appears, and they're trying to use NIL in a background sort of way. And their NIL approach, at least the way they state it, is different from others because they are trying to tie it into charity work from what I've read from Clemson in the past about their NIL approach. But if you start losing really key players and you have to go down your board to take other players that maybe you wouldn't take because you've lost key players to other schools that you'll be competing against in the playoffs if you make it because of NIL. In other words, you're getting outbid. You're basically getting outbid. How long does Clemson hold to that policy? When do they become more aggressive in the NIL game? When do they start telling a player, okay, look, straight out, we'll give you 250000 a year to come here? Because according to Paul, some of the players he's written about who are going elsewhere to like an LSU or a Texas, it's because of the NIL deals. That's his information. I'm just saying, if that's the reason, my point in this is is the point up Clemson, not him, but Clemson, they're going to sit back and let themselves be outbid. Just wondering out loud. Clemson running back target Jamarius Haynes of Roanoke, Alabama, was scouted by running backs coach C.J. Spiller last Friday night. It was a second-round playoff game for him. He rushed for 235 yards and four touchdowns on 20 carries. He said he and Spiller communicate regularly, primarily talking about his upcoming official visit next weekend. He said his family will join him on the visit. He's also talking with Washington State about an official. Western Kentucky also has offered. He also took an unofficial to Clemson October 22nd. He said the Tigers were at the top of his list but he does not think he'll commit on the visit. But that looks like a fourth potential commitment for Clemson there. Another Clemson running back target for this class, Jamarian Wilcox, Douglasville, Georgia, 
was offered by Ohio State. Kentucky and NC State also have offered. He visited Clemson unofficially in September. He was at Kentucky in mid-October for an official visit. 2024 wide receiver Ryan Wingo of St. Louis will make an unofficial visit to Clemson this weekend. He was at Ole Miss last weekend. He is a nationally offered recruit. He's not yet been offered by Clemson. USC will have two uncommitted targets on campus this weekend for official visits. Offensive tackle Keyshawn Blackstock of Coffeyville Junior College, Kansas, and wide receiver Edwin Joseph of Hollywood, Florida. Some other recruits reported by Gamecock websites as scheduled to visit this weekend include 23 Miami commitment tied in Reed McKeska in the 24 class offensive tackle Cam Pringle, offensive tackle Josiah Thompson, running back Trayvon Dunmar, uh, Dunbar, who was at Penn State last weekend, linebacker Devin Smith, safety Braden Lee, running back Tate Titshaw, and running back Kevin Riley. Also this weekend, Woodland athlete Sudarian Harrison is scheduled for an official at Louisville. USC and Clemson target tight end Caleb Odom was offered by Duke, and he is scheduled for an unofficial visit to USC for the game tomorrow. And 2024 defensive back receiver Landon Kurtz of Fort Mill plans to visit USC on Saturday. Uh, I think I had a couple of others visiting South Carolina that I wanted to mention that I had come across. Give me half a second here. Uh, cornerback, cornerback Isaiah Johnson of Richmond will be making an unofficial to USC Saturday. USC had offered earlier in the month. Also, 2025 tight end Brady Ambrose of Catalba Ridge plans to visit USC on Saturday. And with that, we conclude tonight's edition of the Recruiting Report, brought to you by Seawells, right here on Sports Talk. Now, tomorrow, make sure you follow along with us as we cover the games. Pat will be at uh, Clemson, Clemson and Miami. That's always fun. Look, even when Miami is down, and they're down, they just got thumped by Florida State, but they bounced back and beat Georgia Tech. It's always fun when Miami's in town, you know. Uh, you can't let Miami hang in there. If, they, if they're hanging in there with you, they get a little confidence, they get a little cocky with you, you know. They could make it interesting. I'll be at USC in Tennessee tomorrow night, so follow us on our Twitter at Sports Talk SC. If Twitter is still there, do we have a backup plan if Twitter dies tonight? Hmm. Is there a backup? Uh, I kind of hope, you know, my thought is goodbye Twitter, take Instagram and Facebook with you. We'll have Carrier Pigeon. Maybe I'll be able to do some uh, smoke screens up in the up in the sky. Uh, I'll be in the foothills, so maybe I'll be high enough to do something like that. I, I don't know. But, hey, before we hit this break. Is that, that going to happen, you think? Uh, no, nah, Twitter will be fine. You I don't think it's no. – I mean, why were people putting it out there last night? RIP Twitter and all that stuff. I don't know. People are nuts. But I don't think it's going anywhere. All right. So two score updates real quick. Uh, Clemson currently leads Bellarmine 25-21 to 21 with seven and a half minutes to go. Bellarmine. Bellarmine. You sure? Mm, I looked it up. Bellarmine mm-hmm. in the first half. And then – Wofford and Gardner-Webb both either have really good defenses or their offenses are struggling. The score right now, Gardner-Webb leads Wofford 11-6 to with nine and a half minutes left in the first half. Wow. College of Charleston finished off Colorado State 74-64. What a win. So the Cougars will play for the championship on Sunday, and they've beaten Richmond, they've beaten Colorado State, and they've beaten uh, Davidson here recently. What a great start for them. And they played North Carolina. Had North Carolina 
trailing in Chapel Hill. Pat Kelsey getting it done. When we come back, it's time to turn to the great game of golf and the great golfer himself, George Bryan III. That's coming up. It is time to kick back, relax, think about the great outdoors and hitting that little white ball down the middle once and then hitting it again down the middle on the green once and then pulling out the flat stick and hitting it one time properly into the cup for a birdie or an eagle or a double eagle. Oh, in my dreams. George Bryan the third. Tsunami Robbie joining us. George, you ever had a double eagle, an albatross? I have. I have. It was quite a while ago, but I can I can still remember it. Number 13 at Coldstream Country Club was a par five. I could, I guess I hit a sprinkler head, but I got there. I think I hit, a, I think I hit about a five iron into the cup. But, yeah, that was one. <laughs> hey, once is is more than none. Are you on location somewhere tonight? Oh, I'm at uh, the location of GBGA, which I live right beside my golf academy. So yeah, in a sense, I'm on location, and I just walked out to my what I, what we call our Challenger course. Uh, just flip the lights on. It's, it is chilly out here, though. Mm. And, um, and uh. Yeah, we, we spoke, I guess it's now, uh, last Friday, a week before, uh, Savannah. And we do, I do have, I just got a, a little text. There will be a special location, TBA. That means T, to be announced. Yes. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. And it will be warmer if, uh, if this works out. So that means Florida. <laughs> nice. I thought maybe you might be down in um, in St. Simons. Let me talk about the PGA for a moment. St. Simons Island, the RSM Classic, and round two in the books, Andrew Putnam, 12 under, a pair of 65s. Harry Higgs, 67-63, he's 12 under. Cole Hammer, 12 under, 64, 66 for him. And they must be playing two different courses. Are there two different courses down there, George, at St. Simon's? Indeed. Indeed. There's uh, Seaside, which mm. is the one they'll play on the weekend. And then uh, Plantation, which is the one that they'll play Thursday, Thursday and Friday. Gotcha. Both of them are great golf courses. Well, Seaside is I was gonna, they play very similar, I was, very similar. In I, terms of, I was going to say our man Ben Martin shot a 64 today. He's nine under. Kevin Kisner, five under. Doc Redman is four under. Matt Kuchar is three under. We've got um, Matthew Neesmith continuing to play good golf. He's one under after a uh, 71 today. Um, but I don't think that's going to make the cut, apparently. Bill Haas plus two, Jonathan Bird, plus three, Scott Brown, plus five, Bryson Nimmer, plus nine. So the cut came in at, um, yeah, minus four. So 
yeah, those guys didn't make the cut. So pretty pretty good scoring there uh, from those guys. And there you got Mr. Martin right there at nine under par. He's only three shots back. Great golf course for him. And uh, let's see, you there was another Clemson player that, oh, my goodness, uh, U.S. Amateur champion. I noticed he made the cutter. It was right around the, earlier in the day. Uh, and i tell you what's kind of surprising. I was looking at the scores. Jack, uh, Zach Johnson, I mean, he's – and you mentioned Jonathan Bird. Uh, these guys, that's their home track. And it's tougher to play at home than, than most realize. Uh, Jay Bird was uh, uncharacteristically over par. And I'll tell you right now, for those guys, if that, that's an example of how hard they try and what happens playing at home. Golf's a little different. You know, I, I think most football, baseball, basketball teams would – soccer, they way prefer playing at home. Not so sure about golf. That would be interesting to, to talk to the great players. Uh, and, and even when we w- – we'll take off into the winter and invite some on. I noticed uh, also, well, you already mentioned Scott Brown. I don't Scott Brown, that's not like his home track, but the players from right around here, they play it all the time, especially those play for the SEC teams. It's, they have the SEC championship there. And, but playing, in, playing at home is tough, extremely difficult. But I, would think, I would think out at St. Simons Island, too, that wind's a big factor. If you have one of those days when the wind is up, kind of like the ocean course, it could be really, really tough out there. Oh, absolutely. It, uh, and it, it's one of those things that it's always gusting. It's not really a constant win, and you don't have much margin for error there. There's a lot of intimidation when that wind's up. It depends on which, side, which way it's coming, from the north, from the southwest, whatever. And, but it's always uh, it's pinpoint accuracy required, and the greens are really fast. Most wouldn't realize that that uh, when the wind blows on fast greens, that's the hardest part of the game is putting. So, uh, but speaking of, speaking of the, the game and, uh, it, at times it can be difficult, but this is the winter training season. And I, you know, it is fun talking about golf and especially since RSM, I don't know if there's another PGA tour event on the schedule heading into the winter. So now these guys will have time for a winter training season, winter for summer, summer for winter. Mm-hmm. And speaking of training, let's go ahead and bring Tsunami Robbie to the tee. Come on in, Tsunami Robbie. Let's tee it in the ground. You have the tee. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Good to be with you, Phil and George, as usual. And, uh, yeah, what a beautiful place St. Simon's Island is, watching uh, some of that on television today. Absolutely gorgeous. What a beautiful place. And uh, those guys are very fortunate to have, um, you know, platforms like that to play on and and um, and this is just like George said. This is really the time of year where people are winding down on the golf. Um, they'll get out and play a little bit in the fall while the weather stays nice. But as it gets cooler, they tend to stay away from the course. Maybe not get outdoors as much. And it's a great time to get that body ready to go for the spring. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's you don't want to get out there in March and and April and feel like you got to take two or three months to get into golf shape. This is the time to do it. And uh, the tools that we have at Tsunami Bar Sports uh, that you can see at TsunamiBarSports.com, the multi-stick, the multi-stick plus, 
the uh, all the other accessory bars that you can use. You can use them on weight stacks. If you've got a little home gym, you can use them with plates. Or you can use them with bands. And we did some of that Tuesday night, George and I did, with a, a class that we had at the Tsunami Bar Training Center. And, um, and we warmed them up just like uh, Phil, just like we did uh, when you came by the, uh, the uh, facility. Mm-hmm. And then we put, uh, put everybody through a, another little routine that, that's not a knock-you-out routine that you're going to be sore for two or three days, but it gets your body prepped and ready. It will lengthen you out so you have more range of motion, more flexibility, more speed of movement. And then George took them and put them into the hitting base, and they started hitting balls. And, and um, But you can do that in conjunction with the tools and some band work so you can get some extra resistance throughout a full range of motion. So it's, it's, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And this is the time of year to do it. Impact, impact conditioning is a, is a golf specificity training that the Tsunami Bar Sports Advisory Team has gradually put together, and it's, it's actually a lot of fun. And, Phil, you experienced it. Hey, throw your website out and, and uh, refresh or update my memory on where I could find it mm-hmm. or where I will find it when I go to it. Yes, sir. You go to our website, sportstalksc.com, and you look on the right side, and you see our little video. It's updated about once a week. I put a different video up there that you took of Tsunami Robbie working with me. Now, that's a major task, I know. I'm the dummy. I'm the blocking dummy. I'm the sled, and, and he's the baller. And uh, But, no, it's, it's great stuff, about 25, 30-second video clip. You can watch it, get an idea what you can do with the um, Tsunami Bar. Uh, and uh, we change it out, like I said, about uh, once a week. So right now we're into the third video. It's on the right side. And also, if you click on our stories, of course, we have rotating advertisers on our stories. You hit a particular story, you'll see that video pop up there as well. So we'll update with a new video probably on Sunday. Go to a version number four. I will uh, tell you there's on, t- on Tuesday night, there is a golf specific class tsunami robbie leads uh the first segment of it to get us loose and ready to go with the technology which i'll tell you right now in short what it does is helps golfers helps all athletes but for the golfer it allows the golfer to study tension in a way that no other tool out there will do it and it will allow once you understand a little bit about tension you can extract your hidden magic, your talent, and it allows you to play well above. Once you can tap into your own special talent, you can play well outside of your capacity. And a more later, but the impact conditioning class, Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, 6 to 7, not only a little bit of what we call impact uh, golf-specific exercise, There we do have a golf lab. And so it, it combines exercise and golf six to seven you can catch it on that link once you visit the website you just mentioned yep go to tsunami bar sports you can find that class i want to ask you a question and robbie you can jump in on this too because you hit on an extra excellent point about what you're working on how bad is tension in a golf swing wow that's a big one yeah tension, (laughs) tension kills speed it's the absolute speed killer so you need you need to be able to be strong, long, and flexible, minus the tension. Hmm. And uh, being able to work out this way uh, instead of the traditional way, which is the way that I I came up lifting, 
putting heavyweights on bars and pushing them up and down. And as old Coach Parcell said, that's why you lift all them weights, so you can be strong and long and, be, and, be, and mean and, <laughs> and hostile. But that's not what we want in golf. We want to, we want to be tension-free and to be able to um, work out without putting a death grip on something because of your, you, know, you have to grip a bar very firmly. If you have a 45-pound bar, with 315 pounds on it, you better have a pretty good grip on it. Not that way with the stuff that we use at, at Tsunami Bar. George went through a routine with the class and the multi-stick. And now this was more golf-specific, but that's all he talked about was how it's a push and a pull with with a we call it a false grip. So you got it in your hands, but you're not you're not squeezing down on it. So you're able to use your other muscles and put quickness and speed into it. But is that as much mental as it is physical? I mean, you know, in your head, if you're nervous or if you're jacked up, pumped up, maybe you're mad at what you just did or something and it makes you tense. George, is that as much mental as it is physical? You just crushed it. That's probably what will separate. Our technology has not been discovered, not by it, it, not by the what we call the Olympic sport athletes necessarily. The industrial strength sports, you can't see what they're doing in the tents on the sidelines, but I can tell you they got multi sticks in there, multi sixty threes, and we hadn't been able to blow those tents open yet. But the uh, in golf, you're exactly right. When you get when you get jacked up, uh, that heart heart rate, you're at, you're in your reactionary impulse is to grip tight. You have to do just the opposite. So the tsunami bar technology allows you to control that grip pressure. And I need to go ahead and there was a, there were four players that qualified for the RSM. And congratulations to Bryson Nimmer, a former Clemson player. He didn't make the cut, but he qualified at Brunswick Country Club. And one of the qualifiers, uh, Bahasha, who is at six under, Shot 62. He actually referenced in his interview how he couldn't feel his hands. Hmm. Cold does a little bit of the same thing as tension. And one of the things that the technology, that the tsunami bar technology amplifies is your ability to feel and touch and control that tension. So uh, tension is a performance inhibitor. And our the tsunami bar technology allows you to control that tension and the tension free state or the supple state is the performance enhancer and that is the truth and what we'll be told and i we have some players on the tour that have our technology the pga tour a lot of college teams have it including uh well i'll just say there is acc and sec not real sure i can talk about all the specificity there now but i can promise you acc and sec teams have the technology, been to their weight rooms, and so you just nailed it, Phil. Mm. That tension control is huge in the golf swing. Konami Robbie, your your take, your comment. Well, I know when, and I can feel it. I don't have uh, I don't have textbook golf mechanics, but when things are going well, it just seems to flow, and you and you really you really don't think about it, and then you. Then you, you know, you snipe one into the into the drink, and you're upset, and you you drop it, and you get another bad lie, and then you miss the green, and the uh, next thing you know, you're you're squeezing the life out of the golf club. Uh, so it is. It's a very much of a, a mental 
exercise that you need to uh, that you can work on through your physical routine to be able to control that tension and uh, try to get it out of your game. Yeah, I'm guilty of that, guys. I'm I squeeze that club sometimes so tight, you know. I mean, my my fingers turn red. I guess. I, I, I mean, I, sometimes I feel like I've, I, if I'm not squeezing the club tight when I take it back, I feel like I'm not controlling the club. I can't get the face, you know, flat on the ball. I feel like I'm, you know, it's, it's twisting in my hands or something. And the game is a game of opposites, and so the the term white knuckles comes from the red fingers, but the knuckles turn white, and hmm. we all can see it. And then your emotion will reflect it. But, you know, when I played with you, Phil, you are a silky smooth and you just rip it. Yeah. We get on the air afterwards and start talking. And it just gets better and better. The longer, the farther away we go from the round, the better we both get. And, hey, Tsunami Robbie, you mentioned 315 pounds on that, on that steel bar. You know, that's just for you. I, I like to go deeper than that. You know, 315 back uh maybe you know maybe 390 i like to start at 390 huh. how do you react to that <laughs> well you know i have to tip my cap to you starting at 390 that's a, that's a great opener <laughs> 390 that might crush my backbone if i tried to do 390 oh <laughs> uh, that's that that's that that's that radio that's the radio talk going you know i it is a cool thing about the tsunami bar technology it doesn't take much weight to to get a, a big benefit. In fact, it's it's live weight. It's weight motion, and it actually allows rhythm and tempo. That's probably between tension control and what the rhythm and tempo variable that the tool brings into play. No other sport requ- leans heavier on rhythm and tempo than the golf. Than golf. So, mm-hmm. what you act, each one of the tools has what's called a frequency it's designed there's a divine design frequency and so it's the level of stiffness of the bar or the shaft so the uh each each bar has a different design frequency and that reflects that rhythm and tempo and you really can begin to control rhythm and tempo and tension with the tools and it keeps you tsunami robbie in the flow and that way you don't have to worry about hitting that snap hooker in the drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, I got a couple of things I want to mention real quick and uh, let you guys comment. Uh, the, we had the uh, Carolina's Net Amateur Championship in Merle's Inlet last week. It was played at um, the Blackmore course, the old Gary Player design course. A lot of left and right-hand turns, as I recall. Tim Dupree of Lexington won the men's division, final round net score 73, tournament total of 141. Dennis Guerrero of Lexington won the senior division, two-day net total 17 under 125. Michael Burdick of McLeansville, North Carolina, won the super senior men's division, even par 142. On the women's side, Jessica Martino Stansberry of Raleigh, uh, she won the women's division, two-day net total of two under, and she won it in a playoff with Taylor Grace Strickland of Georgetown and Deborah Martin of Columbia. I'm sorry, Deborah Martin of Columbia won the senior women's division, one over 143. Jackie Edmonds of Greensboro 
won the super senior women's division at three over 145. And then I saw this, George. Maybe you want to comment on this. They're playing, or they maybe they've, I think it's over now. I guess it's only three rounds. The, uh, the Longleaf, the Elite Invitational, Southern Pines. This is a junior tournament. And I mention this because a uh, young lady from Conway, Mia Gray, uh, was finished the winner. Um, maybe it looks like she might have won in a playoff. Uh, she was plus three, 70, 68, 75, unless they're playing four rounds. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know if they're playing three or four rounds. Um, I'm just looking at a leaderboard here. Are you familiar with her, Mia Gray from Conway? We've talked. We've actually mentioned uh, her name a time or two, but I don't know the young lady, and it'll be fun if, if uh, Conway has produced uh, quite a few of the great juniors we have spoken of for a year. Uh, Kari Dameron uh, was one of the first back in the early 90s. Well, here's another and, one, too. Madison Messimer, she's at plus four, tied for third from Myrtle Beach. And you don't see many three-round junior events. Uh, or four rounds for that matter, not this time of year. So, hey, we'll uh, I, I'll look, I will research that and try to fill in over uh, maybe next week. I do want to recognize some of the South Carolina players because the SCJGA Players Championship was conducted at Hartsville Country Club, and will be more elaborate next week. That Andrew, uh, excuse me, Andrew Gregory wins the boys' side at minus. Minus five, Charles Cotton, along with Gage Howard, were T2 at minus one. Hayward Jennings is the boys 10 to 12. He's from Greenville. Shot five under par. It's a pretty good score. Mm-hmm. He was the girls 10 to 12. And let's see here. Uh, B. Wilkie is, let's see, was minus four. That's Blair. Wilkie. Excuse me. I'm sorry, Miss Bridget. Please excuse me. Miss Bridget Wilkie was minus four, and she is from Bluffton. Uh, Olivia Robert finished second, and she's from Chesney. And then Claire Green finished third from Okatee. That's the girls 13 to 18. So congratulations to these young players. We love keeping up with the juniors. Yep. And let me let me go back and say this, George, that this tournament I mentioned, it is actually complete. They played it, and I see a date now, November 11th through November 13th. So those must have been the three rounds. So it uh, looks like Mia Gray of Conway was the winner on the girls' side. Madison Messimer of Myrtle Beach, she finished tied for third. Columbia's Caroline Hawkins finished at plus 15, tied for 20th. And then on the boys' side, I saw one South Carolina kid, in the field, and it was uh, Ryan Propes, who finished uh, 62nd at plus 34. So, don't know if you know him, but wanted to get that out there. And it is, it is complete. I tell you what, I love the the width and the the depth that you have when you're keeping up with all, not just the golf, but the other sports. Phil Cornblue, you're the best. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> we just like to get it right occasionally. Tsunami, tsunami, Robbie. It's like taking that laginator back and getting it right so that when you turn and you turn those hips and you get that laginator hitting at the right spot, you want it to be right. Drop it in the slot and make it clap right out in front of that left knee. 
and then you know you're in the right <laughs> zone for good impact. I like it. I like it. So Tuesday night, six to seven, we will we will not be meeting this Tuesday Thanksgiving week, but need to go to that website. What's that website, Tsunami Robbie? TsunamiBarsports.com, and then uh, I check out the Phil Cornblut site. He's got the, all the information as well, along along with those videos that that give everybody a taste. Now there are other videos on the YouTube channel. There are videos the, the TsunamiBarsports.com site. There are videos that. So there are other video outlets out there that have uh, samples of what we do, but but um, you'll get the latest and greatest from uh, Phil Cornblue. SportsTalkSC.com. So happy Thanksgiving, and uh, until next week, tee them high, but shoot them low. Thank you, guys. Great as always. Really enjoyed it. 33-28, Clemson leads Bellarmine at the half, and Davidson leading South Carolina 23-16. 6.44 to go in the first half. Make it 23-18. High school scoreboard tonight at 10.05. Until then, have a great night. Thanks for being with us.